another thing that popped into my head was that she says that Wanda doesn't even let us wouldn't even let us think about it to leave so then what's Agnes doing there that and why was the doctor talking about leaving and going on holiday right back in episode three Right, and I would say that kind of backs up your theory about Wanda losing control, but not if she's saying she's aware Wanda won't let us think about it. It doesn't make sense. Welcome to the Marvelous Madam's Podcast. We're your hosts, Madam Chris. And I'm Madam Mamie. We are burdened with the glorious purpose of talking all things hexes. Madams, assemble. I am very angry this morning. Why? Because. I ask with trepidation. Because my husband is simply not appreciating this show and we are going to end up in court. (laughs) Do us on grounds of WandaVision? This jackass, we watched the episode together yesterday. We finish it and I look at him. I said, huh, well, what do you think? And he looks at me and goes, what? Like, you, you've got nothing to say about that. No? What's there to talk about? Are you <laughs> fucking kidding me? Everything either over his head or he just didn't see the relevance, just ignoring the kick-ass reference, we're just ignoring the demon spawn, doesn't see any problems with Agnes. You know what? This is a millennial divorce, people. This is how it happens. Uh, okay, um, I, I think you're gonna have two divorces happening very soon because <laughs> I'm I'm gonna kind of be useless this episode. Uh, I was a tad distracted by by Miss Olson, yeah, and that that <laughs> costume. Holy shit! Yeah, I had a feeling you might be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I couldn't concentrate. I knew first episode when we saw her, you know, all dressed up for vision, I will be in trouble. And here it is. <laughs> the tables have turned. Yes, indeed. She is fucking gorgeous. Like the previous episodes, this one starts with a recap. Did you notice anything? Yeah, everything's the same. No discrepancies. Why? <laughs> this recap felt more like a recap for us. As the audience, as a normal recap. Why now? They're killing me. I don't know. Only Marvel could do this. Only Marvel could do something in a perfectly normal way that's perfectly logical and makes total sense and having us wondering why. (laughs) That's what they've done to our brains. Yes, and I'm afraid of what comes after. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty afraid by the Mm. end of the zip. Yeah. Yeah. Afraid and excited. And actually, I'm quite pissed off. Why is that? Because the episodes are so damn short. This one flew by. Yeah. It's like before you knew it, the fucking please stand by shows up. Yeah, I felt like I blinked and it was over. Yeah. It's like we are starving and Marvel is just giving us few crumbs. And then we have to wait another week. As if we're stranded on a desert island waiting for food? Yes, and the yo magic is killing us. (laughs) So after the recap, we get... Oh, oh, what if it's 
us? What if the ad is us? Like people have been a bit lost about this particular ad. What if it's about us? We are dying and we want more of the MCU magic. I can't even go there. (laughs) That's not what I actually think, but it would be fun. So after this head scratching recap, we get a series of opening titles that had me bouncing on my couch with glee. (laughs) Everything from the font to the motion. This was a replica of Malcolm in the Middle, and it is amazing. Yeah, it was a good intro. And did you listen to the theme song closely? I did. I did to a certain extent, yes. And even the previous one, there's a lot of double meaning in these intros. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, talking about the illusion and let's keep it going. No way way of knowing who's coming by to play. Why, writers? Why do you do this to us? Yeah, speaking of no no idea who's coming to play, it was a bit weird to see Pietro in the intro. Yeah, that's the thing, because it said starring Pietro Maximoff as himself, it didn't say anything like and guest starring. Right. And that's important because he describes himself later on in the episode as a holiday cameo. And we would have mm-hmm. seen in those old sitcoms. When that happens, like, even now, they're not part of the main cast. They get an add-on once the show starts, like, special guest star or guest starring. Yeah, Yeah, he wouldn't be part of the whole intro sequence. Right. But he is. Indeed. And you know what? I'm so glad he is. Evan Peters kind of steals the show in this episode. He's fantastic. I'm actually not on board with that. Really? Yeah, he was good. Don't get me wrong. But... It felt uncomfortable. It felt like an outsider is jutting in. Yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah, and we're definitely going to discuss that. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't on board. He also plays into the Malcolm in the middle dynamic of this. Okay. Because he's taking on somewhat of like the role of Reese and a little bit of their older brother, Francis, mm-hmm. who was part of the main cast, but he was in military school, like far away. So he wouldn't actually be home that much. But on the show, those kids were disgusting. Like Lois was surrounded by boys and every week was just basically her trying to keep her house from being destroyed and keep herself from murdering her children because they were just <laughs> disgusting monsters. Okay. So speaking of the kids, I love these boys. I think they're fantastic. They're such great little actors and they have great chemistry with each other too. Yeah. And they're adorable. Yeah. So we have Billy doing narration here and Billy taking on the role of Malcolm who did narration Mm -hmm. on the show. And you know, that's why Malcolm in the middle was kind of groundbreaking in that respect. It's smart that Billy who we do see become Wiccan fully in this episode. He takes on the role Mm -hmm. of Malcolm, who was a genius and in a school for gifted children Mm -hmm. with Tommy taking on more of the role of Reese, who was an idiot, not saying Tommy is, but he didn't have the intellect that his brother did. And he was also more of an, more of an athlete and he was much more rambunctious. Okay. It would also make sense for Biddy to take on the narration because he has powers similar to Wanda and we know Wanda is the one who is editing everything. That is true. 
So they're debating whether or not to wake their sleeping uncle here, which I thought was hilarious because, (laughs) as they say, it's four o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, I have a question. They have a huge house. Why is he sleeping on the couch? There's so many questions about that house, but I think it comes down to more of a sitcom trope. Okay, the guest on the couch. Yes. Yeah, that, that couch doesn't look comfortable at all. No. So the boys joke that maybe Uncle Pietro's a vampire. Haha. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> because perhaps he is undead? <laughs> or was it just kids being kids? Well, I think there is evidence to show that he is possibly undead. And if he is, does that mean Pietro is stealing the life force of someone else in order to continue his existence? Evidence how? He's here and he should be dead. Heads undead. I thought I made that fairly clear. And then shouldn't Vision also be a vampire? Well, that's what I'm saying. Not actual vampires. They're not fucking Dracula, but they're walking around. I know that. They're walking around when they shouldn't yeah. be. Yeah, so so by that definition, then Vision is also... Yeah, like an energy vampire rather than a traditional one. I guess one of the reasons I love Evan Peters on this episode is because he's so genuinely good with these kids. Like, I feel, I could feel it thinking, oh man, they must have had so much fun with him on this set. Yeah, they had good chemistry and he was, he seemed like he was genuinely having fun with them. And that is because, as Billy tells us, He is a (laughs) man-child. Yeah, he certainly seems like it. Yes. Now, here's a question for you. Mm -hmm. The fact that Pietro is using his super speed, is this an indication that he is 100% definitely Pietro Maximo? No, because X-Men Quicksilver also had super speed. Right, but that's my point. He's still Pietro Maximo. No, I'm wondering about... Oh. You see what I'm saying? I see. Okay. Because here, here's right. the thing. So as far as shapeshifters go, so there had been theories. I did not think this, so you could just shut your face right now. But other people on the internets thought that Loki was actually Quicksilver. He can shapeshift, <laughs> yes, but he can't replicate somebody else's powers. But what I'm wondering is, could a scroll? Because we were told in Captain Marvel that scrolls replicate right down to the DNA. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. his genetic mutation that allows him to have power. So could he still technically be a scroll? Okay, a couple of things. One, if it is Loki, a shapeshifter who is pretending to be Pietro or any other shapeshifter for that matter, we do know that Loki has the ability to fuck with minds. So he can make it seem like he's going faster than he is. I never thought I would be the one to have to reel you back in on a Loki theory. (laughs) But that's pushing it. Yeah, I was a bit conflicted about saying that. That's pushing it. And that's coming from me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. Secondly, later on in the episode, we have Pietro and Tommy going around doing ridiculous stuff, taking candy and all of that. I noticed that Herb was saying what they were doing, and we were seeing it happen after. Yes! Shouldn't it be the other way around? Oh my god. Okay, I noticed that too. And I thought it was nothing. I told myself it was nothing, figuring that 
it was happening elsewhere first. Like he was so fast, he was going to different streets and that Herb was on the walkie-talkie with somebody on a different street. Mm -hmm. And he was hearing it, you know, from that other guy first, and then it was happening for him. But I don't know if there were active trick-or-treaters on other streets. Exactly. We do see what's happening on the outskirts. I hate you. Why do you do this to me? Why? Krista, we need to keep this to a two-hour recording session because the last one almost killed us. And then you give me this shit. God damn it. Just because I say we need to keep things under two hours so that I don't die doesn't mean that I can't come up with theories. <laughs> Although I am more than happy to just ogle Elizabeth Olsen in this episode. That's fine by me. Yeah, as far as Herb goes, though, that's... We, we got nothing for that, people. We, it's just something we both noticed. Mm -hmm. yeah. I tried to yeah. tell myself it was nothing. And I clearly didn't help. No, you're just enabling it. <laughs> when my husband tells me later, enough, stop, it must end, I'm going to blame you. Oh, really? Really? I have not told you that before, have I? Have I? You are actively enabling the problem. Anyway. <laughs> so the boys are playing with their uncle and things are getting a little out of hand when mom comes down the stairs and this was such a perfect line from i could picture lois saying this line she even may have on malcolm in the middle somebody better be bleeding broken or on fire <laughs> yeah that's such a mom thing to say it is and after that i just completely blank out because holy shit <laughs> she really did look amazing in that costume yes and now I shall be silent for the rest of the episode because I do not remember any of it. However, her sons and her brother felt a little differently. They do not appreciate art. Seriously. And I don't remember which little shit it is <laughs> that says, are you old, Red Riding Hood? Listen, kid, she's 32. Go fuck yourself, old Red Riding Hood. <laughs> Get that shit out of my house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And this was another spot where my husband was useless because because he does not know the tale of Red Riding Hood because he grew up under a fucking rock, apparently. <laughs> so for me, this was like reinforcing the idea that there's a big bad wolf lurking somewhere. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if Pietro was that big bad wolf disguised. I don't know. I just come back to would they be able to replicate the power? I don't know. It depends on who it is. That's true. You know, I feel like somebody needs to have a talk with Wanda here. Um, I've come across my share of fortune tellers at county fairs and carnivals and that sort of thing. Never seen a fortune teller that looked like that. You know, if Sokovian fortune tellers do look like that, I'm gay. <laughs> yeah. I will spend my entire life's earnings just with the fortune teller. That's that's fine. <laughs> You're going to head over to that fictional country and, <laughs> and get your palm read. I'm game. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so we get our first big oh shit moment of the episode here. And this is another homage to Malcolm in the Middle because they did a lot of these same cutaway scenes where Pietro tells her, oh, you know, that costume's worse than the one mom made us the year we had typhus. Yeah, and we cut to two kids with a background of burning barrels yeah. and this 
creepy old lady giving them fish. It sounds like there's even like artillery fire in the background. Yeah, quite possibly. And uh, Wanda says, oh, I, uh, I don't remember it exactly that way. You know what, Wanda? I don't think you remember it that way at all because I don't think that happened. Yeah, because Sokovia, which we assume to be somewhere in Eastern Europe, close to Ukraine, would not celebrate Halloween. Yeah. Yeah, and it wouldn't really be a priority in an active war zone if they had it. Yeah, kids would not be roaming down the street. So my question is, has someone implanted false memories into Pietro's mind, or is he just completely full of shit and knows he's full of shit? I think it's the latter. I think he's full of shit. I think he's aware of what he is doing. And Wanda, in this episode, looks confused. Throughout the episode, she has moments of confusion. She does. And Billy is the one who really notices this. He's more attuned to Wanda's tension because of his own powers. Correct. And he notices mom's been a little weird since Uncle P showed up. Yeah. Well, who wouldn't be, right? If your long, long lost dead brother shows up. Yeah. And I also need to applaud here the prop and costume department once again for the circa 1998 puka shell necklace that Mr. Peters is sporting in this episode. Well done. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was good. I like that. So then we get our first glimpse of vision. Yes. And. All I have to say is I feel so bad for Paul Bettany. (laughs) This is so perfect because Brian Cranston always looked like an idiot on Malcolm in the Middle. It's one of the reasons I love him. He was never afraid to do anything. He was naked more often on that show than Stellan Skarsgård in the MCU. (laughs) You could always count on seeing Hal and his tidy whities at least once a month and just always doing ridiculous shit. Yes, I have also been blessed to see Brian Cranston and his tidy whities thanks to Breaking Bad. Yes, that's true. I forgot. Yes, I would not appreciate seeing an entire show. I wouldn't. Yeah, that. I wouldn't say blessed. I mean that in <laughs> the most sarcastic way possible. Yeah, I do give Paul Bettany credit. He looks more ridiculous here than Mark Ruffalo in a mocap suit. (laughs) Yeah, he looks ridiculous. I think when he must have put that costume on, he must have thought, the fuck am I doing? I was supposed to be a voice actor. (laughs) Now I'm a Mexican wrestler. Yeah, in quotes, Mexican wrestler. Yes. But in all seriousness, think about how much he had to put on for this costume. He had to put on... The prosthetics for the vision head, plus this whole pink paint. And anyways, he always has to spend so much time in that pink paint. And it looks like he's been padded in the chest. I don't know. It's hard to tell at this point. Yeah, he looked like he was padded out. Unless he's been only working out his chest and nothing else. To be fair, he's not as skinny currently as he used to be so i don't know yeah no it looked like it was padded maybe it felt like a really thin pillow had been strapped to his chest possibly and i also love the little exchange here we get between him and wanda because it mirrored the sexiness that howell and lois would have each other 
with each other on Malcolm. <laughs> because even though that family was insane, those two really did love each other very much. Okay, I I need to speak about that. There's something that's been bugging me since the previous episode. Okay. So before we get to that, a quick thing. What Vision actually says, well, you took away all the clothes besides this, so I had no choice to wear this. And Wanda, again, looks confused, like he's not supposed to be saying that because he's supposed to be happy to dress up like this. Now, the second thing is that in the previous episode, Vision says, I don't remember anything before Westview. And again, in this episode, when later on he speaks to Agnes, he says, what's an Avenger? Right. Vision was an Avenger from the day he was born. So he's not faking it. He's not faking the fact that he doesn't remember his previous no, life. No, not at all. Yeah. So from an ethical point of view, what Wanda is doing oh. to him. It, oh. It's wrong. It's creepy. We know that Vision and Wanda loved each other. And Vision was in love with Wanda. But he doesn't remember that. She's essentially made him love her. And anything and everything that has happened with them physically, emotionally, is it's it's rape. God damn it. Why do you have to keep being right? You know what? You know what? Go with <laughs> go with the boys with their their old riding hood. Get this shit out of my house. No. Man. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Can't deny it. Yeah. I can no longer enjoy this moment. Yeah. Yeah. Keeping aside everything about what she's doing with all the other people in the town, even if it was just the two of them in Westview and everything else was just an illusion, this is still very, very wrong. <sighs> I hadn't gone there, but yep, you're right. You're right. It was bugging me from the previous episode. And that just colors everything now from this point on. For me, at least. Not only from this point on, from everything that we've seen. Yeah, yeah, it taints the whole, it taints their whole relationship. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, we were joking about necromancy and things like that, but this is, this is worse than that. Yeah. It seems like Vision is, is teasing her when they have this little exchange, but it's the next portion that it's it's amazing. They still manage to do this Malcolm homage, but they keep it within the bounds of this tension that's been building. Yeah, true. On Malcolm in the middle, Lois ruled that house with an iron fist. Mm -hmm. The boys were afraid of her. Hal was afraid of her. It didn't stop them from doing things behind her back and hoping they'd get away with it, which they rarely did. <laughs> but here we have Vision telling Wanda, oh, sorry, I'm not going trick-or-treating with you and the boys. I've got neighborhood watch duty. And you see her catch herself. Yeah. Yeah. She was almost going to say that that wasn't what you were supposed to say or do. Uh -huh. And she flips it real fast and says, oh, you didn't tell me you had plans. Correct. And the tension starts building again. Billy is feeling this, telling us, you know, mom and dad, some stuff has been up here because she has less and less control of him. Yeah. That's true. And that kiss on the cheek. Oh, man, that could have frozen Mercury, huh? <laughs> yeah, we can definitely see the distance growing between them. Uh -huh. And I'm curious to see how that plays out later on. Oh, yeah. Now, question here. When he says to her, be good, 
Do you think that was a warning or a request? I think it was a request because he knows he doesn't have the power to warn her, which is why he's lying and doing what he's doing. Do you think he's afraid of her? I think he's definitely afraid for her, but is he also afraid of her at this point? I think he is afraid of her, but not for himself. For everyone else? Yes. He's afraid of what she can do. Well, that's kind of why I'm wondering, is it maybe part warning? Because he's damn powerful himself. So how much does he think he could stop her if he wanted to? I don't think he has it in him to stop her. And again, based on what we've discussed earlier, he's a product of her at this point. True. Can you harm yourself in a way by proxy? I think we're going to see something like that at the end of the episode, so maybe. Okay. All right, so we're going to leave the hex for the moment here because vision smells crime. (laughs) Yeah. And we pick up moments after last episode's confrontation. Yeah, which again begs the question, how much time has passed in Westview? It seems like it's the next morning. Rather, not even the next morning, the next afternoon. Yes. But it's still, like you said, moments after for sword and we're still in darkness. Correct. Darkness outside, bright daylight inside. And Monica is pissed off. Yeah, understandably so. Yeah. And Hayward doesn't give a shit about what she has to say. He is seriously pissed off too. And of course, as a white male in power, he has to fall back upon some kind of misogyny here. And Jimmy Woo is having fucking... None of it. Thank you, sir. (laughs) Yeah. And he ends up telling Monica that you always advocate for the super individuals. Uh Uh-huh. And yes, it makes a lot of sense for him to say that because he does mention her history with Carol Danvers. But later on in the episode, we also see that she is changing and Hayward has that information. What if the reason he wanted to get rid of Monica was not because she was undermining him. Well, that's definitely a part of it. But the bigger reason is because she herself is changing and he's afraid that she is another super individual. That could be. I'm not 100% sure what's going on with Monica, but I'm leaning towards the idea that she already had these powers before she went into the hex. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. But, you know, Hayward says some things here that made me see him in a different light. So number Mm -hmm. one, I no longer think he is an imposter. I think he is exactly who he claims to be. Congratulations. Ha ha ha. (laughs) Number two, no question, he's a dickhead. And Mm -hmm. Monica is 100% right when she says to him, if Wanda is our problem, she has to be our solution. Great line. Correct. Yeah. And... Yes, he he is a dickhead for what he says to Monica about her mother, which had me wondering about some things. But it also made me see the blip in a new light. Mm -hmm. He sounded like a grieving person who was, you know, irrationally but understandably like a grieving widower who's pissed at his dead wife for dying, for leaving him. The way he says to her about the people who were snapped, Those of you who left, 
that choice of words makes it sound like it was their choice. There's a lot of bitterness right. in him. Like, oh, you guys got to just basically wake up a second later and left the rest of us with grief and misery and a huge mess to clean up. It kind of made me have some sympathy for him in that regard. Yeah, I get that. And I understand he he definitely has a point. Even keeping a personal connection aside, we don't know anything about him and if he's lost people in the blip or not. But he was the one who took charge when shit hit the fan and people disappeared and everything went haywire. For better or for worse, he has managed to keep S.W.O.R.D. alive and somewhat functioning. Yeah. And now these people have come in. We don't know if anyone else has come in, but Monica certainly has. And she's undermining him. Yeah, you know, this might be unpopular. Sorry, everybody. But when Monica says to him, don't use the last five years as an excuse to be a coward, I actually thought that was a little harsh. It was harsh, but he was also equally harsh with her. Yeah, but I feel like when she said that, part of me was like, um, that's easy for you to say. Where do you get off saying something like that? Because you didn't experience those last five years. And she's only been back for three weeks. I could, uh, yeah, I could understand him completely bristling at that statement, like a how dare you kind of thing. Yeah, I get him getting pissed off. But I also think that she has a point because he is overreacting. Yes. And we also don't know what his end game and is. And that's the issue right there. That's what it all boils down to yeah. is what is he hiding? Correct. And also, I'm now wondering, because he went with a low blow there about Maria. Mm -hmm. Did Maria Rambo really die of cancer? Or did something supernatural or out of the ordinary happen to her? Because it's an interesting connection he makes between Maria dying and Monica not having the stomach for the job. And another thing that he said was, you don't know what we had to do to keep the lights on. Yeah. What did you have to do? Exactly. What kind of deal did he have to make? And was Maria collateral damage in that? Or is Maria the one who made the deal? Is part of him maybe, just maybe, protecting Monica from some unpleasant secrets about her mother? We don't know. So... Hayward boots Monica, Jimmy Woo, and Darcy off his base, or at least that's the order he gives. Yeah. Sword is about as competent as General Ross and his goons were with Hulk. Yes. <laughs> but I gotta say, damn, Jimmy Woo, I didn't know you had that in you. <laughs> yeah. I didn't expect him to just throw down like that. I would, was not at all surprised when Monica started throwing punches, but Jimmy surprised me. Yeah, and he was the one who instigated Indeed. it. Indeed. But it would have been nice if they filled Darcy in on the plan ahead of time. Yeah, they didn't have a plan. Now, I just got to say here, it has to be said. I'll just mention it. I have no theories. I have no connections. Nothing. But the three of them walking around these tents, wearing these ponchos, I couldn't help it. I was thinking about the Loki trailer. You're always thinking about the Loki trailer. We saw tents and ponchos in that too. And we know it's connected somehow because they're all together in the multiverse of madness. So I, I don't know. That's all I'll say. So 
That's all I'll say. Moving on. So now we head back inside the hex where Pietro has a question for his sis. So we head back inside the hex and I had a question here that Pietro is going to ask his sister later on. Where did all these kids come from? Yeah, I had the same question too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where did they show up from? Because up until now, we never saw any kids. So I'm wondering, is this how Wanda is responding to Vision, saying at the end of the previous episode, where are all the kids? Mm-hmm. Is this... Has she created kids? Is this her way of pacifying him? Maybe. I don't know. I think they are real kids. I think those are the real children of Westview. Okay, so is it what Pietro said true? Were they all asleep? All this time and now they're awake? I think so, because we're going to see a lot of people in a fugue state soon. Yeah. But in the meantime, Mom and Uncle P are taking the boys trick-or-treating and he tells them, Unleash hell, Demon Spawn. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Demon Spawn, indeed. Now, he could just be doing a Maximus impression here since we're in the, like, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, so... For anyone who hasn't seen Gladiator, hasn't seen it in a while, at the beginning of the movie, in the initial battle, Russell Crowe tells his troops, on my signal, unleash hell. Unleash hell, that's fine. It's the demon spawn that caught my attention. Yeah, it's a little of both for me, because, I mean, where does the devil live? Hell. So, it's there. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it, there is something over here. It could be a throwaway line. It could be something specifically to get us fans all in a tizzy as a red herring. Well done, writers. Well done. <laughs> so then Wanda asks Pietro about a memory from the orphanage. And I think he's absolutely right here. She's 100% testing him. Yeah, absolutely. But he does not reply back. He doesn't give her an answer. He distracts. He deflects. He always does. Yes. So they're talking about it, acknowledging the fact that he looks different. Mm-hmm. And now we see he is 100% claiming to be the MCU Quicksilver. Yes. And says he doesn't know why he looks different. Right. And he doesn't seem to be uncomfortable about that. No. And he's also definitely telling her it's her fault he looks different. He's blaming throughout this entire episode. He blames the entire thing on her. Correct. He makes it seem like she's the one who is doing everything. And as as per what we've seen so far, it seems like that. I was so convinced at the end of the last episode that some big bad sent him into Westview. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And now I just don't know because he makes the point here saying to her, oh, I probably look different because you don't want to be reminded of a terrible past. But then why bring him at all? Why bring him at all? Why Vision be Vision? Right. Why why can't Vision just be a normal human? It doesn't make sense. Mm Mm-hmm. And when he tells the boys, you know, let's go have a kick-ass time, and Wanda says, kick-ass, I was yelling at the TV outright banging the couch my laptop <laughs> fell off my lap are you fucking kidding me what's the big deal kick ass starring aaron taylor johnson and evan peters 
yeah, it's a nice way for them to bring that in to comment on it. It's it's funny. No, no. It's, it's a way it's funny. It's a way to rub salt into our open gaping wounds and continue our misery. Because they know, they know what they're doing to us. <laughs> so Wanda sees her buddy Herb. Mm-hmm. And it seems like Herb is having a conversation with someone on his walkie-talkie. Yeah, with whom? I don't know. So we don't really see anybody else in this episode besides the family, Herb and Agnes. We don't see Phil or Norm or... Dottie, I don't know who he's talking to here. Yeah, but he also, if you notice, it's a split second thing while he's on the walkie talkie. It almost seems like he's going from his normal self to his customer service self. As if he's being directed or choreographed by someone else even. Yeah, he's putting on an act. And he does the same thing with Wanda. We see him at first talking to her like a normal neighbor. What is expected of him to be a normal neighbor. Right. And then when she seems a little confused, wonders, wait, I thought Vision was with you. And he sees her confusion and suddenly becomes like a late night TV producer. Yeah. He breaks and he says, do you want to change anything? It's similar to Agnes's break in the previous episode. Yes. And my question is, I've realized this now. Why are they asking her if she wants something changed? If she's the one controlling it, she's the one redecorating all the time, doing whatever she wants. Why wouldn't she just do it? Why are they even asking her? Yeah, it it's seeming like she is losing control gradually. And the people closest to her are breaking away more. Well, it's safe to say. She can't control Vision fully. She can't control the boys at all. And she can't. Yeah. She can't control Pietro at all either. Correct. Which I found very interesting. Yeah, there is something in common between all of them. And it's something we have discussed before, obviously without Pietro, but now we include that include him into that. Which is? Vision was resurrected by Mephisto. The kids are a fragment of his soul. And Pietro, again, has been resurrected by Mephisto. Mephisto is the one who's controlling all of them, or rather giving them free will and not letting Wanda control but them. But the stickler is, then why is it Evan Peters and not Aaron Taylor Johnson? I don't know. Yeah, that's the problem with that theory. Why? Because he could have pulled Evan Peters from, from the other universe and brought him in over here and scrubbed his memories and implanted MCU Pietro's memories into him while still fucking around a little bit. Because again, with Vision, he has no memories of his previous life. There are some other issues with that, though, that we're going to get to at the end. Okay. So we leave Wanda and Herb and we head over to Vision. And I love the music that's playing throughout much of this episode, it's the Malcolm in the Middle background music. It's great. Mm -hmm. And here we get a woman who you have been dying to see for like months now, ever since the first trailer came out. Yes. If you guys haven't seen the trailers, in practically every trailer, 
we see this woman putting on the Halloween decorations and we always see this one tear rolling down her eye. We've seen shots of this particular episode a lot in a lot of the trailers. So I thought this episode is going to be the big episode where we'll get some answers. <laughs> and who the fuck is that woman? <laughs> you silly. <laughs> <sighs> well, it was a big episode for me for very different reasons, but that's besides the point. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but watching this woman over and over again hanging these decorations and her husband presumably behind her putting the pumpkin up and down, I was in pain just watching these people. Yeah, yeah. When and if this thing breaks, the both of them are going to be in the hospital. Yeah. That, that is, oh. I hope there's a chiropractor yeah. in Westview for their sake. <laughs> maybe agnes is the chiropractor she was probably crying seeing everyone in such fixed positions <laughs> knowing that she's gonna have a hell of a time later oh if only it were that simple that'd be nice <laughs> and i have met a chiropractor too who could be classified as witch doctors so it's not entirely out of the realm of possibility <laughs> But I think it's safe to say here with this woman, your idea of Wanda possibly losing some control, this supports that because I think what we're seeing here is a woman who is trapped, who's aware that she's trapped. Yeah. And in a way, kind of sort of validated my Sims theory that I gave last episode. Yes. Which I thought was totally bonkers, but okay. No, I think it's very prevalent. So... As we move away from the center or rather where Wanda is, it seems like that she has less control and she's just sort of put people in this fugue state. It's almost like mannequins. Yeah, I think that's safe to say. So Vision is looking upon all of this in horror. And yeah. then we cut away. I got nothing with this commercial. I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, it took me a bit. I was confused too. And as I was meditating, it popped into my head. Tell me you got something. Well, kind of. I don't know if it makes sense, but the boy who is hungry and starving on this island is Wanda and the shark is Mephisto. So later on in the episode, we see that Wanda tells Pietro that she doesn't know how this whole thing started. And all she remembers is being alone and just nothingness around her. This boy in this, this ad is on a deserted island. There's nothing around him. And he says he's hungry. And the shark shows up, tells him, yo, magic, blah, blah, blah. And gives him this little cup of yogurt. And this boy is so obsessed with opening this lid that he ends up dying because he's unable to open it while there's a crab walking around him all along. So it's like Mephisto is, has given Wanda this cup of yogurt, this Westview. She's so intent and obsessed with keeping everything under control because she wants her perfect life that she is not realizing that her life force or her magic is being sucked out of her. I'll go along with that. It seems as reasonable as anything else. Right. Either that or she is losing herself. She's metaphorically dying because of all the terrible stuff that she's doing to these people. 
That could be too. And in general, the commercial works because one survivor was a huge show at the time and Castaway was also a really popular movie. Mm -hmm. Speaking of movies, after the commercial, we come back to Wanda and Pietro just kind of walking through town here. And we see the movie theater in the background is playing two movies. Yes. The Incredibles and The Parent Trap. Now, Krista. Go ahead. When I mentioned The Parent Trap, when we were discussing Daredevil, you shat on me because of how irrelevant it is. Well, here you go. That was about Daredevil. Fuck you. And I do not even remember what the reference was. I was just teasing you because you finally made a movie reference. One, rude, <laughs> and two... Wait, wait. You're, gonna, you're not going to give me a how rude? See, this is why I do these things. This is why I mock you. Oh, because okay, we just okay. had a full house episode and you miss a how rude. One, how rude. Too late. And two, ha ha. <laughs> well, I have a question though about the parent trap. So obviously the Incredibles, yeah, ha ha, family of superheroes. Get, we get it. But mm -hmm. with the parent trap, so that is a movie about twins who trade places in an attempt to get their divorced parents back together. But I'm not sure what relevance it has here because we got a few things going on. We've got two sets of twins, but mm -hmm. we also have a dude whose baby replaced himself. <laughs> but how is that possible when he was dead? And furthermore, so these movies came out eight years apart. The Parent Trap came out in 1996. Incredibles came out in 2004. Wanda's controlling mm -hmm. all this, right? So it stands to reason that Wanda created the marquee outside of this movie theater. Right. What does that mean? It means she doesn't know when exactly something was released, which is No, fair. no, that's not what I mean. Why those two movies? Okay. Why the parent trap? I get the Incredibles. She, she, her family is a family of superheroes. But why the parent trap? And the fact that this is a movie theater... Is this telling us that Wanda wants people to watch these movies? Does she want the people of Westview to see these? And if so, why? Okay, one, I don't think the movie theater is real. I don't think if you go in that there is actually a movie theater there playing these movies. Does Wanda know that? I don't know, because that would be crazy. <laughs> yeah, crazy has no place on this show. Yeah, but there is a limit to the human mind, I think. But who the fuck is? <laughs> I'm certainly reaching the limits of my mind. But two, the parent trap, it could be a nod to the fact that the people over here are trapped. And up until now, we don't see any kids. The kids, like if Pietra said, that they're all asleep. Now they're awake and they know that they, along with their parents, are trapped. I am reaching. I know. Yeah, the kids in the movie weren't trapped. They were setting a trap. Yes, but it's a play on words. I don't know. I'm, I'm inclined to think it's more about the movie itself since there's twins involved. Okay. Maybe she put that up uh, to make the twins feel like there are other twins. Like they would enjoy a movie about twins because they are twins. Maybe. So Wanda and Pietro are taking a walk here and she's just kind of questioning him about like why are you here i'm not sure this is a good idea and he's like wait 
I did what I was supposed to do. I showed up. I, I caused some friction. I gave you some grief, like a fun brother. Like that's what you wanted, isn't it? Correct. Yeah. And she looks confused because if I'm not mistaken, didn't she say that's not what or something like that? She deflects too because she doesn't answer that, but instead asks him what happened to his accent. Yeah. And he again deflects and says, what happened to yours? Mm-hmm. And neither of them are answering each other. Right. There's dishonesty and suspicion all around. Yeah. And I get why Wanda would be suspicious of him. I am suspicious of him. I don't know. It's confusing. Yeah. Because then Wanda asks him like, you know, why'd you come? Why are you here? And he tells her that he knows he got shot in the street and then he just heard her calling him and he says to her, I knew you needed me. Yeah. And I love the fact that he said, I got shot like a chump in the street for no reason at all. That's a nice commentary on Age of Ultron because Quicksilver shouldn't have died. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. The reason he died was because Joss Whedon wanted there to be real stakes. So they killed him. Did Pietro seem genuine to you when he said that? No, that's the thing. I don't know if it's Evan Peters and his acting style or it's my own paranoia. Or if it's the sitcom trope of that's how he's supposed to be as this character. Yeah, yeah, whatever it may be, but he doesn't seem genuine to me. He doesn't seem like he, that love isn't there. That connection between the two of them isn't there. He's got it with the kids, though, is what's interesting to me. Yeah. He's fantastic with the kids, but his connection with Wanda is just superficial. Right. That's that's what's been bugging me about him. Yeah, and that's the point. Yeah, I suppose. So he could be completely full of shit, but if he's telling the truth, for the sake of argument, let's say he is, about being mm-hmm. called by her that he knew she needed him, was it really Wanda calling him? Or was it someone else? Yeah, we don't know. And how could that have happened? Because he died eight years ago in this timeline. Which is probably why it's not, it's it's a different body. It's a different Quicksilver. I don't know. And at this rate, I feel like I'll never know. And you know the question that you raised of, he said that he heard Wanda calling him. What if that is what we assume Throughout the show, everyone has been, has been saying that Wanda has been controlling them. What if it isn't Wanda who's controlling them or rather giving them telepathic instructions? What if it's someone else with Wanda's voice? Could be. Because there are times where she genuinely is confused. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's kind of like people with DID where when one personality takes over, it's like the other one gets put in a box and they don't know what happens. They black out. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's when we see for the first time, welcome to the MCU, Speed. <laughs> yeah. This kid is adorable. He is so cute and so excited. Yeah, he loves his new superpower. Yeah. The mom just wants him to be careful and take his brother along. And remember... <laughs> Don't go past Ellis Avenue. Yeah, and when he does 
discover his speed and he goes around. She's so excited for him. You can see the joy on her face. Do you know what I think that tells us, though? Well, I think that means the boys could leave if they wanted to. Because hmm. otherwise, why would she tell them Interesting. that? Well, any parent would tell them, don't go beyond the next point, you know, so that it's, they're safe. They're within the safe zone, which has a different, whole different meaning in this, mo- this episode. Exactly. Or rather this and show. And they make it a point later on with Agnes to show that the boundary for the hex is right at Ellis Avenue. Yes. I think she knows they could leave if they wanted to, that she can't control them. Maybe. Her mom power is the only power she has over them. Mm-hmm. Which is powerful in its own right. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah, true. All right. So we leave the hex for a bit. We head back to the three musketeers. Yes. And Darcy, sa- Darcy says something interesting here. When they see, you know, Pietro's back in town. Darcy says he brought the wrong face. <laughs> Funny. Yes, always. But yeah. did that strike you? It didn't because I was a bit incensed after a, f- a few minutes later. <gasps> I don't know. It was just the wording that she uses because she knows there's a right face. But the fact that she said the wrong face and not a different face, I don't know. I'm probably reading too much into it, but I don't know. It makes me think, does she know there's some other universe? As an astrophysicist, does she know something we don't know? Maybe, but I agree with her. That it's the wrong face. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you what I don't agree with. Unfortunately, sorry, Darcy's hacking ability here. I just can't. Yeah. Yeah. That is what got me pissed off. (laughs) An astrophysicist does not equal hacker. No. And in one, not even a minute, she manages to get through swords, firewalls, right to the director's personal files bull fucking oh it's shit. like three and a half seconds don't give her that much time a minute my ass it was five seconds max yeah complete and utter bullshit yeah but i was like all right you know what guys i'll let this one go you've earned it no they have not <laughs> even tony stark took longer to get into his own suit that he built from the ground Look, up we've got shit to do and it's it's already nighttime. We've got to make things happen, okay? Bull fucking <laughs> shit. <laughs> so in Hayward's system, Darcy realizes that he is somehow tracking vision through Westview, that he can track these residents. Yeah. So they say that the reason they're able to track vision is because of the d- decay signature from vibranium. Vibranium is a stable element. There shouldn't be a decay signature. He's not fucking plutonium. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. So now we head back to Vision. And noticeably, that Malcolm music stops when Vision realizes what is happening to these people. And then the reality music kicks in. The The musical cues are so well done in this episode. Yeah, true. And not only that, he notices that Of course, everyone is frozen. Earlier on, while he was passing through, we see that people were moving in the same thing. They're repeating the same action over and over again. But now now that he's gone further out towards the border, people are just frozen. Yeah. And there are leaves on the the street. 
It looks deserted and the light is flickering. It looks like he's in the middle of nowhere. He's in a haunted, haunted area. Those streetlights. Why are they flickering then where vision is? You're saying on the outskirts of it. But then when we go see Agnes, those streetlights are fine. Why is one set of streetlights flickering and the set of streetlights near Agnes is fine? I don't know. Because if proximity has anything to do with it, they're further away from Wanda. You know, those streetlights shouldn't even be on if it's right up against the border of the hex. Maybe because Agnes is there. Oh, and so let's get there. Let's talk about Agnes. (laughs) Yeah. Catherine Hahn, I hate you. I'm kidding. I love you. I love you so. But you're killing me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. She's not going to be freaked out when she meets us. No, absolutely not. (laughs) To be fair, I've worshipped her since stepbrothers. So it's been longer for me. Mm -hmm. Vision finds Agnes sitting in her car in front of the barrier at Ellis Avenue. Yes. And she seems a bit stuck. Yeah. Doesn't she? Yeah, she does indeed. She's not completely frozen like everyone else. But she is kind of sort of stuck. Indeed. She has enough awareness to have driven herself to this point. Right. So why did she drive there? And why does she seem to be three different people in this car? (laughs) Also, where's the brooch? Yeah. Is that what's causing her to be all cuckoo right now? The lack of the brooch? Or is it all an act for vision? Could be. So here's what I mean when I say she's three different people. The first, we see her frozen like these other people in in fugue states. So just a little less frozen, but seemingly in a fugue state. Mm -hmm. Then it appears that vision releases her and she does the, oh my God, you're an Avenger. Are you here to help us? And it seems like she's just a regular person. But then when she says, all is lost and starts cackling like a fucking maniac. That's a third person entirely (laughs) that we have not seen. It's possible that that's just her way of coping. A normal person. No one talks like that. No one says all is lost in a serious way. Unless, unless maybe you're a witch who was born in the middle ages. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, we don't know. But that laugh. That laugh was interesting. Yeah, and when she does come out of it, when Vision seemingly releases her, she grabs at her chest. And I'm wondering if she's genuine. Is that more than, oh my God, am I dead? Is that, oh my God, where's my brooch? Could be. Either or, yeah. And then we have the whole can of worms of dead, dead, dead. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like she's glitching. Yeah, it reminded me a lot of Stop It. The Stop It makes a lot more sense now. Yeah, I just, I just don't know. And she tells Vision no one leaves. Wanda won't let us. Wait a second. There we go. Fuck. <laughs> she should not know Wanda's name as a regular person. Norm didn't. No, Norm didn't say no, it. he didn't say it. We don't know if he didn't know. True, but yeah. Agnes should not know Wanda's name. She knows Wanda. She has had interactions with her. The regular person, though, shouldn't know Wanda's name. And that's who she seemingly is in the moment. 
Right, because she didn't know who Vision was. Uh-huh. But she hasn't seen Vision without his skin face before that. No, she recognizes him as an Avenger. She's like, oh, it's you. Yes, yes. But she doesn't know that he is Wanda's husband. Right. God. Because she hasn't seen him without, without his skin face before. Right. As Agnes, the neighbor. I'm just realizing this is the first episode we don't see Paul Bettany at all. We only see Vision. Correct. Hmm. Yeah, I just have no idea what to make of Agnes here. Another thing that popped into my head was that she says that Wanda doesn't even let us, wouldn't even let us think about it to leave. So then what's Agnes doing there? That and why was the doctor talking about leaving and going on holiday? Right. Back in episode three. Right. And I would say that kind of backs up your theory about Wanda losing control, but not if she's saying she's aware Wanda won't let us think about it. It doesn't make sense. Right. So they are aware of what's going on while they're being controlled. That seems like a safe conclusion to make because that's that's the same thing that happened with Norm. And the pain must come from trying the pain must come from trying to fight it. Yeah, it's almost like they're trapped in their own minds and they have no control over their own body and they're being inundated with all these feelings that Wanda is feeling, which is why Monica says she knows how Wanda feels. Mm-hmm. Oh, we'll get to that. Yeah. So yeah, we'll head back with our trio now. And yeah, hey, Marvel, <laughs> we really need this spinoff show. I need to know why Jimmy Woo is such a whiz at hot wiring cars. <laughs> Yeah, we need more of him, definitely. So at this point, Darcy finds Monica's lab work and she's like, dude, we need to discuss this because you got some shit going on inside of you. Yeah, and Monica does not care. Yeah, and that's when she says, as you just mentioned, I know what Wanda's feeling and I won't stop till I help her. Right. I do think she's talking about grief. Yes, definitely. Absolutely, she is. And she also understands a lot more because she herself is going through that grief right now after losing her mom. Yeah, about that. Um, I'm starting to wonder if Monica's motives here might be a little selfish. We mm-hmm. don't know what she was doing in Westview all that time. She hasn't fessed up to things. We know she's hiding stuff about these powers. I'm wondering if she wants to get back in there so badly and help Wanda. Because she wants Wanda to help her get her mother back. Because she's thinking, well, she brought back Vision and Pietro. Why can't we bring back my mom? Mm-hmm. Possible. Yeah, it's possible. As I said in previous episodes, it's been three weeks for this woman since she came back from being snapped, finds out her mother's dead. All of this insane trauma that she definitely has not dealt with because you can't. You can't deal with that in three weeks while still attempting to get your life back together and go back to work. Like, no. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe this is the reason why she's so adamant on helping Wanda, because, you know, they say you help yourself by helping others help themselves. Yeah. Maybe that's where Monica's obsession with helping Wanda is coming from, because she thinks that maybe by fixing something else, 
something in her life will get fixed. That's possible too. A kind of transference like that. Yep. Right. Yeah. So Darcy decides to stay behind. She wants to get through one last firewall with Hayward here because she knows there's <laughs> something big in there, but they're not going to tell us what. No, no. Bull fucking shit. No, no. <laughs> No, no, we're not going to see who or what is in those files for at least another week. And probably, probably at least longer because Darcy can't do that inside the goddamn hex now. No, that's the thing. She actually emailed it to Jimmy. When she got through later on in the episode, we see that whatever the big thing was, she emailed it to Jimmy. Oh, I missed that entirely. Okay, thank you for pointing that out. Yeah, yeah, she emailed it to him and he is out with monica so at least we know that he's hopefully he's going to check his email and get access to whatever that thing and is and then we'll have the information that they're just never going to give us <laughs> funny maybe funny <laughs> so good on her to actually send a backup to someone else yes so while they're doing their thing wanda and pietro are still having a chat and that's when he this is when he asks her where were you hiding all those kids till now right and he calls himself this holiday cameo, which makes me wonder, along with what happens to him at the end here, are we going to see him again? Is he just meant for this one episode? How is he going to be worked into the rest of this? I wish I had answers, but no, I don't. And then he just goes for it, totally acknowledges what Wanda's doing and creepily supports her in it. Yeah. Yeah, this is the thing that got me very uncomfortable about him. He's, in a way, he is kind of egging her on to do more, to do. It's like the devil on the shoulder. Oh my God, yes, he's actually impressed. What if he was sent in here by a completely different entity and he genuinely does want to know how she did this? Oh, I'm thinking about Hydra. I'm thinking about Hydra. <laughs> but how would he have come in? I don't know, but it seems like it's all leading up to this question, the how did you actually do this question? Yes, and so far, any time she's been asked that, her answer has always been the same. I don't know how it started. And I believe her. Yeah, me too. And here we get another, oh shit. Because as she's telling Pietro about the feeling of, of nothingness and just absolute nothing, she looks up and sees him dead, just like Vision. Yeah. And this... Mm. <laughs> yeah, and this makes me think that she is being controlled too. If she thinks too much about her, her own life or starts questioning things, she starts seeing reality and the ugly reality. The problem is, if she were really seeing reality, she would have seen Aaron Taylor Johnson, not Evan Peters. Yeah, she's seeing ugly reality. She's not seeing reality as is. <sighs> it's a nightmare haunting her if she thinks too much about her life. It's kind of ironic, isn't it? Considering what she did to the Avengers in Age of Ultron. Yeah. And he even references that. Pietro does. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, he does. So now we're going to go back and forth. We're basically like a, a cat at the end of this episode here. Inside or outside? Inside. 
or outside. <laughs> so, yeah, and in this case, Vision is the one who's being shredded. Oh, yeah. So Darcy finds uh, a secret weapons program in Hayward's files called Cataract. Haha, <laughs> cute name. So cataracts, of course, have to do with one's eyesight. Yeah. And the fact that we know that Hayward has been tracking vision, not wonder, makes it seem like this whole operation that he has going is not about wonder. It's about vision. And it, that really makes me wonder what Hayward was doing in that like week between Wanda stealing vision's body and the anomaly appearing in Westview. I think he was desperately searching for him because I, I don't remember which episode it was, but I do remember discussing this theory with you that what if Hayward isn't interested in Wanda, he's interested in right. vision because they were dissecting his body and they want to use him. It, it makes sense. Right. And probably that is the reason why he's so gung-ho on antagonizing her just going in guns blazing and killing her so that he can get the body back he doesn't give a shit about anything else or anyone else but then hayward himself says something interesting i think Mm -hmm. so vision makes the decision that he is going to get himself through this barrier we great musical cue again here and this was rough to watch vision desperately yeah he's really struggling yeah and hayward says he really does want out, doesn't he? Yeah. As if he didn't think that before. He could have been thinking that what he's seeing on the sitcom is scripted. True. But I'm also wondering, again, what was he doing in that week between? What information had he gathered? Did he have reason to think Vision was complicit or part of the problem? Mm-hmm. I want to know what Hayward was doing. Yeah, me too. And also, it could also go for surprise that he's surprised because he might assume, and we can see it happening, that Vision will not be able to live outside of the hex. Could be. So he may be surprised that Vision's self-preservation is not kicking in. True. True. And Darcy is absolutely horrified by what she's saying. Yeah. Yeah. And I find it interesting that Hayward does not help him. What would he have done? Pulled him out further? Would He would have gotten what he wanted. Tell me, though, would you be willing to put your hand in that? Not put my hand in that, but certainly pull Vision's hand out. He had come out a fair distance. But he was like still... <sighs> It seemed like he was still within it, but kind of like stretching it, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, he was being pulled back in like a magnet. Yeah. So I think there still could have been some danger in reaching out to him. I mean, since we're talking about self-preservation here, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And Darcy gets herself handcuffed to a Jeep while trying to help Vision. (laughs) Yeah. And this is when we hop back inside because welcome to the MCU Wiccan, Billy feels his father in trouble. Yeah. How? Love. Stone? No, Wiccan hasn't gotten his powers from the stone. No, but he shares... And we don't even know if Vision actually has the stone. This is true. 
But I was thinking because he shares that genetic link with Wanda, who gets her powers from it. I don't know. Okay. That's all I can think of is the genetic link with Wanda. Maybe that he's just feeling that energy. I don't know. But damn, it's hard kind of watching Vision die again. Yeah. This is what, like the third time? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And but you know what? Uncle Pietro. He's fine with this because like he says to his sister, it's not like your dead husband can die twice. Yeah. And that's the thing again that pissed me off. No brother, no loving, caring brother would be so cavalier about their sister's husband dying. And how does he even know that Vision is dead? Last episode, he asked, who's the popsicle? Yep. And he... How does he know any of the shit that is happening? Yes, he himself died three years before Vision did. Yeah. What this makes me think, maybe, is that Pietro doesn't fully understand what Wanda is doing. That's what he's been trying to find out. Almost like he doesn't believe her because he's so callous, because maybe he's just thinking of this as a TV show, I, I don't know. Like telling her to lighten up because it's not real. Like, I don't know. But if it's not real, he does know that she's messing around with real people. Pietro, the MCU Pietro that we know, gave up his life trying to save the people in the city. Yes, he did. He would not be happy to see Wanda doing this to innocent people. He would be okay with it if she was doing it to some big bad. Yes. But not to innocent people who and kids. Yep, you're right. Pietro died trying to save Clint, who was saving a kid. Mm-hmm. Clint Barton. Yeah. Former, uh, yeah. former circus performer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't know if that is the truth in MCU canon. That's the fact in the comics. In the comics, yes. Yeah, I'm just just saying because you know what, there just aren't enough theories out there right now. I thought I'd throw in one more. <laughs> yeah. So when he says that to her about her dead husband, um, Wanda takes that a little personally. <laughs> just yeah, <tight>. yeah, just <laughs> blasts the shit out of him. Yeah. Now here's what I thought is interesting. We see Billy like freaking out, telling his mother, "Dad's in trouble." And this got me because this mm-hmm. uh, these kids are excellent. Yeah, and they, they have really seemed like a real family. This was a visceral moment. Mm-hmm. He's not seeing what's happening from Vision's point of view. No, he's seeing what's happening outside. Right. But he's not actually seeing Vision disintegrating. Yeah. So Wanda knows what's happening here and decides quickly she has one course of action. Correct. She quickly deduces that Vision has taken steps to go outside based on just hearing Billy's description. And she freezes the town. Yes. And then proceeds to expand the hex outward. We don't know by how much, but certainly more than enough to encompass Vision. She takes the whole sword base in along with Darcy takes in all the agents, turns them into clouds, which I loved. Yeah. (laughs) And other circus performers. 
The only people who escape are Hayward and a couple no-name characters there, Monica and Jimmy. Yes. Monica and Jimmy had a bit of a head start. Hayward was touch and go for a bit. I would have loved to have seen Hayward getting sucked in and getting turned into some town idiot. Yeah, I would have enjoyed seeing him be the Al Bundy of Westview for sure. <laughs> Turn him into a downtrodden shoe salesman. Yeah, and and taking in the whole uh the whole sword base, making it into a circus, that was funny. Yes. Because they have been kind of like a circus in yeah, a way. Absolutely ingenious. Yeah. And that's where we leave that's where we leave it. Yes, and I did find it interesting that the hex grew in the sixth episode. Indeed. Mm-hmm. I was never as pissed as I was in this episode to see the police stand by. Yeah. 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 It was just, it ended in a blink. Correct. And not only that, they didn't, sh- they showed us everything changing. Yeah. A used car lot changing to another used car lot, the fucking board changing. Yep. But they didn't show us what happened to Darcy. And s- yeah, it's just so many cliffhangers. What happened to Darcy? Fucking bullshit. What happened to Pietro? Who is Monica's contact at the meeting? Just Pietro stood up. That's 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 okay. He didn't. No, I'm not saying he died, but his whole purpose and arc that's up in the air. Yeah, yeah. Well, everything is up in the air now. I mean, she fucking expanded the world. It's like adding a new DLC to the game. WandaVision coming with Circus DLC now. Yeah, at the end of this, I was like, basically just like, I give up. I sh- threw my papers up in the air. I became a human <laughs> meme. And I'm like, I, I don't know. I, 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 got, I got nothing. <laughs> yeah, when I saw that please stand by thing, I was like the Jim Carrey meme. Oh, come yes. on. Yes, my dogs are just staring at me like, mom, whatever. We don't care. Can we just eat now? Yeah, this is like a weekly thing for them now. Yeah, because Fridays, my body's just like, it's WandaVision day. You need to get up an hour earlier. And and my poor boy, his belly's like, Ma, why I gotta wait? Why? (laughs) You don't even understand this show. Why you do this to me, Ma? (laughs) Okay, dogs are Italian. Good to know. (laughs) He's a mama's boy. So it it makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm glad that we rested our brains ahead of this episode. The last one almost killed us. Mm -hmm. And now I do kind of just actually feel a lightness over me because I feel like the ending of this gave us all carte blanche to just say, fuck it for a week. Yeah, I think this is more of we are finally accepting (laughs) that we are slaves and that's it. We have accepted our fate. We are Marvel's Sims. We've become them. We are the show. Yes. <laughs> Every week we are frozen till Friday and then we wake up. So before we sign off, we just want to mention a few people this week. The girly nerd. So on behalf of all fandom, thank you for the incredible article that you wrote deconstructing WandaVision in terms of all the sitcom homages. We're going to put the link to this article in our show notes, people. Please give it a read. It is so thorough, so well done, and it really will teach you things. 
about the old time sitcoms and the impact they had culturally. Seriously, take five minutes or 10. It's, it's on the longer side. Give it a read. Dr. Dan Dunner, nice catch finding Dormammu on one of the circus tents. It's possible he's involved somehow. Yeah. Tessa, really good call about Clark Gregg. If he showed up in Westview as his character from the new Adventures of Old Christine, I would absolutely die laughing. <laughs> At J Wolf H, you definitely seem to be right about Hayward just being a broken man, trying to do what he thinks is the right thing. Good call. And lastly, I had a really nice theory discussion with a great group of people this week at Wednesday Comics, at NYC King Dr. Beast One, at Indo D's, at Shadewing, and at Princess 88 Wit. It was really fun chatting with you guys. And we would love to keep the conversation going. So if you have any theories or feel like we've missed out on something, you can find us on Twitter or Instagram at Marvel Madams. Thanks to all you madams for joining us today. I'm Madam Chris. And I'm Madam Amy. Join us next week for episode seven of WandaVision. We're just, maybe we'll get the tiniest morsel of an answer about something. I don't trust Marvel anymore. <laughs> if you enjoy listening to us, sign up on our website to get an exclusive behind the scenes episode. And every two weeks, we'll send you bonus content that we save just for our VIPs. Visit themarvelousmadams.com where infinity stones are a girl's best friends.